Top 1000 Rage 1000 Rage Song Song Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Mr. Rourke. I mean, Chris Nairn. This is not Fantasy Island. This is Top 1000 Radio. And this is episode 25, Song Battle 24. And let's start off with a little news. Uh, We are going to kick the Eagles off of the list. All of the Eagles songs, all 14 of them are gone. And that... (laughs) I don't want to get into it too much, but let's just say that, um, you know, back in the, uh, in the 1800s, they used to call them robber barons, you know, the, uh, uh, the industrialists who, you know, just bought up everything they could and, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, I've got mixed, mixed feelings about that. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. Some of the robber barons were treated unfairly. Some of them weren't treated harshly enough, um, that kind of thing. But, uh, the uh the eagles are are the the equivalent the the baby boomer equivalent of the robber barons so i call them the boomer barons um they they will come after you no matter how pathetic and small you are just for playing a snippet of their culturally appropriated music so um i don't have any uh, you know, I, I'm, I still love their music, but I'm not going to put them on this list. You know, uh, it takes a lot, it takes a lot for me to, to, to go this direction and, and that's it. Okay. Plus I'm not, you, I'm not going to make any more YouTube videos. Those of you, uh, are listening to me now, you're obviously on Spotify. Um, and so you figured it out, but, um, you know, that's, that's why I'm not going to be on YouTube anymore. Cause it's just a hassle. It's, 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 it's a lot of work just putting the, the uh, videos up and and uh, having to you know figure out what you can and can put on there and so I'm just not going to do it okay all right so they're gone uh, I'm not going to kick off any more songs uh, until the 14 Eagle songs are replaced and I'll make a special kicked from the curb poll uh, I'll put it on Instagram and I'll send it out to all my Council of Learned Elders as well. And uh, until we replace all 14 songs, all right? Uh, please hit the follow button and rate the show five stars if you haven't done so, so already. If you have, thank you very much. And uh, appreciate everybody who's listening. Uh, we haven't added any new uh, countries up there, out there, but I'll say to those of you who are listening uh, across the, uh, the pond, uh, good day, uh, namaste, bonjour. Arriva Dirty, and uh, what's up? All right. Um, the poll participation has been really good. We can do better though. Let me know if you have a preference. How do you? How would you like to participate? Would you like a a, a Twitter poll? If you're on Twitter, let me know. I can put up Twitter polls. If you'd rather use the Instagram, that's great. If uh, if you want me to um, directly contact you that's also fine okay all right let's get to today's song starting with the trees by rush And the oaks ignore their pleas. 
Trees is from Rush's 1978 album Hemispheres. Rolling Stone readers voted the song number 8 on the list of 10 best Rush songs. From Info Galactic, the lyrics relate a short story about a conflict between maple and oak trees in a forest. The maple trees want more sunlight, but the oak trees are too tall. In the end, the trees are all kept equal by hatchet, axe, and saw. Rush drummer and lyricist Neil Peart was asked in May of 1980 of the magazine uh, Modern Drummer if there was a message to the lyrics, to which he replied, no, it was just a flash. I was working on an entirely different thing when I saw a cartoon picture of these trees carrying on like fools. I thought, what if trees acted like people? So I saw it as a cartoon, really, and wrote it that way. I think that's the image that it conjures up to a listener or a reader. Very simple statement. I'll Be Home for Christmas by Elvis Presley, written by the lyricist Ken Gannon and composer Walter Kent. First recorded in 1943 by Bing Crosby. Appeared on Elvis' Christmas album, his third studio LP, and his first Christmas album from 1957. Recorded at Radio Records in Hollywood, the album sold 20 million copies. It's the best-selling Christmas album of all time and one of the best-selling albums of all time. Street Fighting Man by the Rolling Stones from their 1968 album Beggar's Banquet, the Stones' seventh studio album. It peaked at number 48 on the charts. Now, remember, the charts always mean the Billboard Hot 100, unless otherwise specified. From Info Galactic, the song was released within a week of the violent confrontations between the police and anti-Vietnam War protesters at the 1968 Democrat National Convention in Chicago. Worried about the possibility of the song inciting further violence, Chicago radio stations refused to play the song. This was much to the delight of Mick Jagger, who stated, I'm rather pleased to hear that they have banned the song. The last time they banned one of our records in America, it sold a million. Jagger said he was told the record, uh, told that they thought the record was subversive, to which he snapped, of course it's subver- subversive. It's stupid to think uh, you can start a revolution with a record. I wish you could. Despite Jagger's statements, the ban and general aversion to the song among radio programmers was likely a factor in its commercial underperformance relative to other Stone singles. Thank you. 
My Michelle by the by Guns N' Roses from their 1987 debut album Appetite for Destruction from Infogalactic. For the recording of the song, guitar Slash used a slightly different setup. For the rest of the album, he used a Gibson Les Paul copy through the modified Marshall amplifier on the same settings for each song. However, for this song, he swapped to a 1960s Gibson SG because he felt it had a darker sound. The song is about a friend of the band, a girl named Michelle Young, who's thanked in the Appetite for Destruction cover sleeve. Slash knew Young through junior high as she was a friend of Slash's girlfriend. According to Axel Rose, he and Young were in a car together when Your Song by Elton John came on the radio, and Young happened to mention that she'd always wanted someone to write a song for her. Rose's first attempt was a sweet, almost romantic song, but one that had absolutely nothing to do with the reality of Michelle's life. He was unhappy with this version and rewrote it, this time seeking to be completely honest. Several members of the band expressed concern over this version of the song, especially Slash, fearing it would upset Young. Rose himself then became hesitant, but finally decided to show it to her. He liked the song and the attention she liked the, the song and the attention it brought to her, and was especially pleased with its honesty, most notably regarding her drug addiction, the death of her mother, and her father's work in the pornography industry, all of which are mentioned within the first verse. According to Slash's self-titled autobiography, Young managed to clean up and move across the country to escape her lifestyle. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road Time grabs you by the rest, directs you where to go So make the best of this test and don't ask why Good Riddance by Green Dave their 1997 single from their fifth album, Nimrod Peaked at number 11 on the U.S. Billboard charts Sold over 5 million copies The band's most commercially successful single to date from Info Galactic, Billy Joe Armstrong wrote it in 1993 about his girlfriend Amanda who had moved to Ecuador, with him naming the song Good Riddance to show his anger towards her. He did not show the song to his bandmates until the Dookie recording sessions later the same year. During the sessions, however, the song was determined to be too different from the rest of the songs, and producer Rob Cavallo was unsure of how to structure the recording. When the time came to record Nimrod, Armstrong decided to record the song again, and Cavallo suggested that they add strings to the track. He sent the band to play foosball in another, another room while he recorded the strings, which took like 15, 20 minutes, maybe half an hour at the most. Cavallo reflected on his decision to add the strings. I knew we had done the right thing. It was a hit the second I heard it. Right, that will do it. Okay, so let's get to our uh, reviews for these songs from Emo Sean, and this time Artillo. Artillo, I gotta make sure I chew that R because I've been pronouncing it Attilo. It's Artillo. Um, they are going to review the songs, and then we will get to the polls. Number one, good riddance. I don't hate Green Day. I just hate this song. Every graduation slideshow for two eras 
It's called Good Riddance. P.S. I think I probably would have liked it if not for that. It's got that push-pull thing going on, and the backstory slash double title makes sense. I want to keep this episode's main comments down to one other song, because it's about to get weird. The Trees, number two. Short version. Look at these three songs. One, this song. Two, White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane, Go Ask Alice. And number three, Metallica, To Live Is To Die from the Justice album. I hate White Rabbit. I love To Live Is To Die. Justice is my favorite Metallica album. The trees fall somewhere in the middle for me. If anyone is crazy enough to want to do this, see if you can find the common thing between these three songs. Long version continues below. So, on this lesson of the trees, I caught it. This song starts out kind of the way Metallica does it, with the acoustic starting one thing and the electric coming in with another. And then, the electrics come in with that big F-sharp chord. And it's that alternation in the first two chords that bugs me. That F-sharp G, F-sharp G, sort of. The three songs do something a little bit different with that but I was tripping out to find that all three are doing it and all starting on the F sharp. And the offender for me is White Rabbit. Chord progression is F sharp G, F sharp G, A, A minor over C, B minor over D, and A, I think. We sat down with a friend today and he thinks there's a modal thing going on there and I think he's probably right. But it's the effect that's interesting, because I love when Metallica does it. White Rabbit is obviously going for that drugged out haze kind of thing, which I get, but I can't stand the feeling it gives me. And The Trees is falling right down the middle for me on that. It happens real quick at, and they wonder why the maples can't be happy in their shade. They do three hits on the A major, instead of the rest of the progression right after that. But I gotta think, that's not a coincidence. Other than that, I love the bard theme going on. I love a good story song. I'd probably like it, but sometimes I just wanna have a happier day. Or, I guess, crank it up to a Metallica level. I know all these guys know what they're doing. The effect, I guess it worked. Hello, Top 1000 radio listeners all over the globe and beyond. This is Emo Sean coming at you with another battle. Battle of the best. Let's start it. Number five, my Michelle. Emo Sean's emotional solo cup has been filled by GNR's Rock Elixir. Mmm, tasty. Tight and groovy, unlike Emo Sean's pants at the moment. Number four, the trees. Emo Sean digs, rushes the trees. If he listens too closely to the lyrics, questions enter Emo Sean's brain, screwing up the coolness of the talk, talk, talks of Pierce wood blocks. Who's the maples? Who's the oaks? Who cares? Play that sweet bass, Getty. Number three, street fighting man. 
Emo Sean has good memories of listening to Rolling Stones Hot Rocks. It's probably the greatest compilation of hits ever compiled. This song fought its way to three. Number two, I'll be home for Christmas. Emo Sean is triggered. He knows this song is a five. The fills from Elvis's Christmas album are deeply rooted in Emo Sean's DNA. He purposely keeps a song like this shoved deep down and lid tight until the sun goes down on Thanksgiving Day. Then a volcanic, volcanic holiday eruption rains down candy cane snowflakes and Christmas tunage for more than a full month. Emo Sean must give IBHC a two with no pleasure whatsoever. Negative one. Good riddance. I hate Green Day. Emo Sean out. Well, there you go. Emo Sean hates Green Day. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, good, good job. I mean, you know, uh, between Artillo and Emo Sean, you know, we're starting to get some actual musical insight. Uh, personally, I am not as, well, I'm not nearly as musically literate as, as those two, um, or some of the other folks who are, uh, participating in this podcast. Um, I played in a band, I sang, I was a vocalist. Okay. Meaning if you're not good enough to sing, you, you become a vocalist, but you know, I, I quitted myself, uh, as well as anybody in a, <laughs> a terrible garage band, I would say, uh, played a little guitar, not much, probably should have played more. Uh, but uh, I don't have the uh, the background. I, I knew how to read music when when I was a kid, and I I stopped doing it. And um, you know, a lot, you know, you lose lose that ability if if you don't practice. Um, that's about it. Uh, my 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 musical uh, insights are mostly from a fan's point of view. So I really appreciate both Emo Sean and Artillo's ability to dig into what makes a song good or not. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're a fan of Rick Beato, I think that's how you say his name. You know, he does those really uh, in-depth <laughs> explainers on, on songs. And, and so uh, so good on Artillo and Emo Sean for their insights. So let's get to the challengers poll from last episode we had um cheap trick going up against hardy and santana and cheap trick was the big winner across all the polls uh wasn't even close uh usually we have a tie but not this time cheap trick got uh seven total across the polls hardy and santana came in with one apiece and um so but i i i must say if you didn't at least like I told you, listen to Wait in the Truck by Hardy before you voted. You're the reason why we can't have nice things. Okay? So, uh, you know, you can always go back and listen. To, you know, it's never too late to do the right thing. Go and listen to Wait in the Truck or watch the video. If you're one of those people that has to watch the video. You know, they, they did that and it's pretty good. Um, okay. And so... Let's talk about the polls for the song battle itself. 
It was uh, a lot of a lot of stuff going on here, but let's just say the coleslaw total that that includes the Council of Learned Elders and the Censatorial Laymen and Women uh, total combined trees got sixteen. Uh, I'll be home for Christmas got eleven. Street Fighting Man with twelve. My Michelle was the big winner on the polls with twenty three. And Good Riddance Time of My Life was at 13. So it looks like as far as the Coleslaw Congress goes, um, you know, if it was up to them, we'd be kicking I'll Be Home for Christmas to the curb. And strangely enough, surprisingly enough, Green Day uh, barely hung on on this one with uh, Guns N' Roses being the uh, runaway big winner. Okay, and Rush being somewhere in the middle, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Stone's barely hanging on, too. All right. Well, my... This is my list. So this is my ranking. The way I'm going to rank them is... Let's start with our second place. I'm going to go with the trees in second place. All right. That is, to me, one of the uh, one of the quintessential Rush songs. It's, it's always been one of my favorites. Um and uh love the the live version on uh on exit stage left with the uh i think it's called brunes bane the little guitar intro that comes in uh really really cool and i i've always liked that story the the little story that neil pert writes um i think he's uh, being a bit uh coy with us saying it's no it's not a you know, it's not a big deal. I just, you know, it was a cartoon thing. I was thinking about it. I think he put a little more thought into that. Dude's a big reader. He was probably, you know, uh, noodling some, you know, some stuff about uh, the role of, of uh, you know, the government and stuff like that. It's it's a very uh, Kurt Vonnegut, Harry Bergeron, Berg, I can't say that, Bergeron uh, type of story. Um, if you've never read that story by Kurt Vonnegut, you might. You know, uh, if you're really, really bored, you might want to go read that. Don't ever try to watch any of the, uh, the filmed versions of it. I don't, I know of one there might, it seems like I can remember another one too, uh, from when I was in college. Uh, but the one my wife and I made the mistake of watching a couple of weeks ago, actually, we, we found it on YouTube. Um, Sean Astin of Lord, you know, Samwise Gamgee of Lord of the Rings fame. Um, he, he, they made a version of it with him as the, as the title character and it was awful. <laughs> okay. I mean, Gandalf should smack him again with his, with his, you know, magic staff for making that piece of garbage. <laughs> it was really bad. Um, but, uh, but it's the same type of, you know, story where, um, you know, you're dealing with, uh, inequality and, uh, how do you, de- you know, how do you solve inequality? Do you make everyone you take, you know, if they were trees, would you take an ax and a saw and just cut them all down to the same size? You know, how do you do this with humans? Do you, you know, in, in the Kurt Vonnegut story, you know, if you were a great athlete, they would, they would actually make you wear weights and, and they would chain you and stuff so that you had, had less, uh, less explosiveness and, and less ability to move. If you were, um, smart genius they would you know they had this machine that would you know make noises and and confuse you and stuff um so you know this it's type that type of thing and 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 i i find that you know interesting 
Um, I gave my third place uh, to my Michelle Guns N' Roses with three points. Um, uh, you know, one of the great Guns N' Roses song, very high energy. I like high energy. And, um, you know, it's got a cool, you know, uh, cool guitar rift, you know, and I like uh, Axel's frenetic, you know, vocals in this one. Okay. And it really like, it, it kind of sums up, you know, what life was like on the streets, you know, at that, and back in the late eighties, you know, the, the late eighties, early nineties, or, well, the eighties in general, <laughs> going even further back to the seventies, uh, the LA area, um, it was, it was nasty. And it was like that, you know, in a lot of cities. Um, and then, you know, things kind of got cleaned up a little bit, uh, and they're going back in that direction again. So anyway, that's my third place. My fourth place with two points is going to be the Green Day song, Good Riz. A good song. I, I'm not as uh, jaded on it as a lot of people are. I still enjoy the song. And even though uh, I have, ex- have experienced probably more than most folks, the the high school, you know, it was, it, you know, it was probably a good maybe 10-year period there where, it was a constant in in the school um, where I work, but um, it hasn't. You know, it's the kids still listen to it, I think, but it's not. You know, it's not really as uh, uh, ubiquitous, I would say. But you know, it's a it's a really cool song, as far as I'm concerned. All right, so that leaves us with our first place and last place winner. Um, yeah, again, no. <laughs> Except this time I didn't make my winner, you know, the song I left off the the uh, sensatorial layman and women poll, uh, that was my Michelle. I left that one on, off because I knew I wasn't going to kick it off, but it came in third place. So there you go. All right. I am going to give the big win on this one to I'll Be Home for Christmas because I consider Christmas songs songs. They are straight up songs. Um, I don't listen to it throughout the year necessarily only because like emo sean i do like to save it up however if it comes on it puts a smile on my face unlike emo sean who probably runs under his bed and uh hides in a fetal position until uh he smells sage and turkey and you know something some you know some sort of thanksgiving fare um i i smile and when i was listening to it you know over and over again um, in the last 48 hours between episodes, um, I, I tried listening to, you know, to the music and, you know, and it, it, it's ex- expertly done as everything Elvis did, um, you know, post, post Sun Studios, even the Sun Studio stuff. I mean, how, how, how can you judge the expertise of something brand new? Right. But, um, you know, it, it was musically, it was expert and, um, and so, you know, the friend, I like the way, uh, the way he says mistletoe. He doesn't just say mistletoe. He says mistletoe. And so <laughs> almost like he was trying to speak with a Southern accent there. But, uh, anyway, that, that to me, I having grown up my entire existence, hearing that at Christmas time, even stealing away. I remember a couple of times when I was little and, and my parents had one of those, one of those little tape recorders, you know, the little rectangular ones that had the big buttons on it. Um, I remember stealing away to my parents' bedroom where they had the little tape recorder 
and putting that tape in there and and just listening to you know that Christmas album just on Christmas morning well after I've gone in and see what my presents were and we've opened presents and done all that stuff you know it just for some reason that 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 was part of the day for me was listening to that Christmas album so that's my that's my number one with five points Street Fighting Man by the Rolling Stones is a good Rolling Stones song. Um, it's not one of the Rolling Stones songs that I immediately turn, you know, fast forward or whenever, wherever I'm listening to, I'll turn it. If I'm listening to the radio, um, I will listen to that song. It's a good song. It's a interesting song. Um, Mick Jagger's an idiot <laughs> for for you know thinking it would be a great idea to start a revolution with a song and being subversive and all, all the way they the way they embraced embraced all that nonsense that was going on uh, back then it's just you know it, it, it you know uh, it's right up there with the eagles as far as uh you know boomer hubris and and uh and just uh, lack of self-awareness uh, but still a good song and but it, and it's not going to get kicked off the list because uh, we're going to kick, uh, you know, some Eagle songs off, and that one's going to stay on there. Okay, so um, that is it for the polls. Now let's finish up here with uh, the next challenge. Um, where did I put it? Okay, I can tell. I can tell when my show notes are uh, are new because they don't have water stains all over them. All right, so our our uh, next challenger poll to um, replace an Eagle song, <laughs> okay, will be Bob Seger. Hadn't been on the list before, so that Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Uh, Eddie Money is back, and Bad Company. Okay, so that will be interesting to see which way you guys go. And then our next song battle uh, will be Here Comes My Girl, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Crazy on You by Heart, Magdalene by Boston from one of their later uh, albums. You probably haven't heard it, even if you are a Boston fan. Uh, Dear Rodeo by Cody Johnson. Got a little country coming in here, like like real country. <laughs> okay. Um, and Gloria by U2, which I'm excited about because I really like that song. Okay, so we are going to play out with a brand new song by an alt prog band uh from buffalo new york called snow child um and uh they sent me this this song and it's you know it's it's progressive rock but i find it fantastic i think uh you know i i was thinking about what i said the other day how you know progressive rock isn't accessible to a lot of people and that's why they don't like it it's too maybe too complicated and too uh uh, some of it's they the word people use sometimes is boring, but here's the deal: when you think about it, okay, every genre of music, it, the bulk of it's not good, okay. If you think about metal, I, I was a metalhead for years. I'm still, I'm still probably fifty percent at least metalhead, all right. But there's a lot of metal out there that's just straight garbage, okay. It's boring and it's it's like not not accessible okay doesn't catch you there's a lot of it out there okay you you like the good metal <laughs> okay same thing with you know uh let's say punk or po- uh, power pop or you know what do they call it shoegazer 
music or whatever. They've got all kind of weird little names, but every genre, you know, it's not like a band, like, you know, a band like Rush, you know, they almost don't have a bad song, a band like Collective Soul, you know, they're, 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 or for me, Striper. It's like, you know, and I hear a Striper song, I'm like, okay, this is Striper. It's good. You know, it's automatically good. Now, I obviously like more, some songs more than others, but, yeah, but genres aren't like that. Genres aren't like, you know, bands that have, you know, songs that you probably like, no matter, you know, uh, how far up the list on that, of that band's songs there are. Okay. Uh, most songs in, in, in each genre are probably un- inaccessible and to, to an extent boring. Okay. So I don't think progressive rock is any different. I don't know why it gets treated differently than other genres. Um, but it does, but this, this, this new song is called love bite and it's absolutely fantastic. And I'm looking forward to more, uh, more of their stuff. Okay. All right, guys, here comes snow child with love bite. You guys have a good one. Say what you need. 